Welcome to the Bill Bradley Collective. It is a Friday night for us, a Tuesday for you, January 6th, which ties into our main topic today. How you doing, Andrew? I feel like the guy that never, he never says anything that he's ever good at anything because I'm, I'm not really that great at anything. But the one time that I do open my mouth and say that, you know, I'm pretty good at Heisman Trophy trivia, I immediately regret it. I immediately eat my words because the second week you drop a question on me, I fuck up and ruin my any credibility that I had beforehand. That's how I'm feeling today. So I'm going to give you a lifeline. I hope it's not like it's softball. A no. lifeline would be. It's, it's not a soft. It's not a softball. Okay. I, th- I think you might get it right. The closest any offensive lineman ever came to winning the Heisman Trophy. Ended up being taken in the third with the third pick in the draft by the New York Giants in the following year. He lost to uh, John Capaletti. Who is a player and is he, is 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 he dead or alive? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Ooh, I thought you would know this one. I thought we were done with these Heisman questions. That's yeah, funny. I want to get stomping on the uh, grave. No, yes. That's great. Look at the year. Light get myself the best offensive line it, was, it was 1970. Uh, Archie Griffin finished fourth that year. Is he in the Hall of Fame? Like, I, well, he's not in the Pro Football Hall because he got hurt, hurt very early in his career. He can put the Giants. Ohio State. He played for Ohio State. Fuck. I really have, I really have nothing. I'm sorry. John Hicks. John Hicks. John Hicks okay. was a tackle. That's a name I've seen, but I don't I don't know much there. He, he was that. a tackle who played. He came within like three votes of uh-huh. beating Capaletti, who was the most narrowly elected Heisman Trophy winner ever, I think. <laughs> at least at the time he was. I had like I had a until you, until you said John Capaletti and Giants, I had a guess that was not gonna be about thirty years off. But so Zach. Yes. How are you doing? Uh, doing better than Andrew. Doing well. Uh, down yeah. bad over here. So our URI gate win on Wednesday, so I'm in a pretty good mood. I'm waiting for the Jets tomorrow to ruin that, or on Sunday. I believe strongly at least the under is going to come in on the Jets game. Yeah, that game's going to be like 9-6. <laughs> Joe Flacco. It's a Joe Flacco. Oof. It's going to be a rough watch, but we will watch I'll it. Watch it. We'll because we have done. Speaking of Jets, saw that today. Who do you, you're going to guess it because I just spoiled it, but third highest QBR in a game this season. Probably Flacco in the. It's, it's white. It's white. It's white, yeah. But Trevor Flacco had that one game. Over the, the last Bengals. three years. The, the Browns. The, Browns. Browns. This o- year. This over year. the last yeah. three years, the Jets have the lowest QBR rating. <clears throat> By a lot. Um, and do we have to do this? Do we have to, you know, no, do we have to. Okay. No, no. Uh. <laughs> so Zach, yes. But speaking it's fun. Of, speaking yeah, of the Jets, good. um, Joe, uh, Namath. Yes. Was on, uh, a Simpsons episode. Yes, he was. And in the background were two, Simpsons characters. One was number six 
and what was number 66? Who are they? Oh, man, I got no idea. That This is an impossible... Qu- the, the scene, oh, no, no. The scene lasts like four <laughs> seconds. Oh, no, it's not impossible because the idea that these two would have 666 in the background is very funny. I'm going to go Ned and Reverend Lovejoy. No, it's the Flanders kids. It's the Flanders, okay. <laughs> it's the Flanders kids. Uh, Todd was six, and what's the other Flanders kid's Todd. name? Rod and Todd. Rod, and Rod was 66. <laughs> so they were 666, and they stood behind... Uh, uh, <laughs> Joe Namath in the interview. Who quarterbacked that game? It wasn't Bart. Nelson. Yeah, Nelson, Nelson was a quarterback, yeah, but he got replaced because uh, Homer wanted to impress his children. So, what will you be ranting about today, Zach? Or I'll be ranting about the Kevin McCarthy speaker race, where we are currently sitting at 0 for 13, a gentleman's baker's dozen. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh will we have a speaker on tuesday who knows i i will be ranting about the fact that the death of a recent connecticut politician reminded me that not all politicians are bad how are you andrew um dana white and bigger picture um just how how problematic the relationship between media rights holders and their partners, just that, just how, just unsavory that is. And Andrew, before you bring us into what we're going to be talking about in the main topic, I'd like to throw you one more lifeline on trivia, though. Uh, sure the, the questionable person today, are they dead or alive? I don't think we covered that. Oh, is John Hicks dead or alive? You gotta, you gotta bet on the lineman being alive. So in 1970? Um, he was f- drafted in 72, 71. So he's probably born 48, 49. Alive. He's dead. Oh, oh God! <laughs> that's that's swell. He, that's just great. He's he he's dead. Uh, I remember I had not thought about John Hicks in a long time, but he died in 2016, and I remember it. And what's our main topic today? The main topic is this is today is January 6th. We are two years removed from the insurrection on the U.S. Capitol, and we're going to talk about uh, where we are kind of today after we got you know the final results of the investigation. Um, we we'll talk about those. We we'll talk about what's what's to come. But before we get there. Before we get to the rants, the story that has dominated sports headlines all right. week. Um, Monday Night Football, Bills Bengals, Bills defensive back, Tamar Hamlin, and a seemingly kind of Bengals receiver T. Higgins kind of, you know, gets gets his shoulder in the chest. Hamlin gets up for a moment and he just collapses on field. Uh he had a very serious cardiac event. This is I'm not even sure I have words to describe it. I didn't see the play live. Can't say that it did. But once I got news, found the video, it's a lot to unpack here. A lot to say. Uh, any any, any thoughts? So to, to I, I, I had gone, to be frank, I had just gone off to the bathroom and he came back and the guys were lying in the field. They said, oh, it's an injury. And so I'm going to just switch off and watch something else and then I'll just check and I'll get back to the game. And on my phone, and then I realized, oh, they're not getting back to the game. And a couple of things. One, the NFL, which we've all been incredibly uh, um, critical in, in critical of, uh, did not cover itself in glory. But they caught a break because he's 
obviously today he FaceTimed his 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 team. There was a twenty one twentieth of a millisecond. Like people who like this happens to hockey players, lacrosse players, and baseball players, born football players, that they get hit in the chest at exactly the right angle when there is a in this one twentieth of a millisecond moment and they go down and and it kills them and the nfl a he didn't die b they he didn't die because they they have protocols in place and c it's such an unusual circumstance like i had been watching the rose bowl before the actually no it was a cotton bowl before this uh with my friend jim and the two heads hit and those guys went down. Yeah. That was scary. And I thought, oh, they're both like they might be dead. Like these guys and you know, and it was I totally just, forgot about that. And it yeah. was just like and like I had seen, when I saw the replay of the game the play, it's like, well, wait a second. Like the ro- like that cotton ball hit was way worse. And Oh, the scariest part of it was it was a routine hit. Right. The scariest thousands of them again. Right. And right. And it's like and and so that's what was so scary. Um, the other thing that was true is, that the, and we have talked shit a million times on the NFL Players Association. It was the NFL Players Association, and I will, I will die believing this, because Joe Buck kept saying they're going to be back in five minutes, because that's what the NFL was telling him. And the NFL Players Association clearly called the league office and said, we are not playing. And my God, if you wonder why you're in a union, the NFL Players Association saying, we are not putting our players through that. This is not happening. We're pulling them off the field. And those two coaches, McDermott and, and Zach. Zach Taylor. Taylor. Pulling the guys off the off. And because when you looked at the faces of those players, they had, they could not have played. They should not have been asked to play. And the fuck, the fact of fucking Roger Goodell was happy to put him back on the field is a national disgrace. Uh, he should be fired for that, but he won't be because, because nothing bad really happened. Um, and to be honest, we're going to watch Sunday's Jets game. Sauce is wearing a, uh, Hamlin jersey and warm-ups. Everybody is. Yeah. Everybody is. Like, every every team got 150 jerseys so they could warm up in wearing Hamlin jerseys, which is very, very literally the least they could do. But, like, also, the guy seemed like a really good dude. Like, that was also a thing. When his... When his life seemed to be more in peril, uh, his last social media post was him in, in his home in, in his native I think Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh yeah. at a toy drive. His foundation's toy drive. That was the last social media post that he before what happened. Um, we talk about the shield. We talk about you know the thirty two owners. The, no, the, the shield, the NFL, the players, the men on the field, the the, the charitable endeavors. The shit they do that we don't see, that we don't necessarily know about, 
that's the stuff that matters. And that's what this young man would have and will always be. I mean, just he. Yeah, good dude. I mean, he'll I never mean, rant. But like, I yeah. assume and the fact that his charity just raised like millions of dollars is I awesome too. He'll never like, play again. No, and he shouldn't. But <laughs> let's. But yeah. like, the fact that today I woke up today, and you know I'm gonna rant about waking up yesterday and and and, and what I've discovered. The fact that he was facetiming his teammates, saying "Love you, boys," like it's kind of incredible. Like these guys, they're not. A, and the first question he asked, the first thing he said when he woke up is because he had a breathing tube. He doesn't have the breathing tube anymore. They took it out. He wrote to the nurse who was in his room, did we win? They're not us. These guys are not us. What was your thoughts, Zach? Yeah, I mean, it was horrifying to watch, and it's watching him, you know, literally fight back from death in real time. And then to be where he is today, you know, it's incredible. Like medical science is remarkable. Like the human body is remarkable. And well, what especially it can do. if you're in that kind of shape. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I think it was seeing, you know, the donations come in uh, for his charity was, you know, really great to watch. And it was just, you know, I watched it on Twitter immediately after I heard about it, and it was horrifying. Uh, you, know, I, I, you watched it, the man die. It was the first time I missed Twitter because I, I, I've i deactivated my Twitter account because of Elon Musk. But, you know, my 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 lovely wife, uh, Alicia, who has gotten into football recently, said, you know, she the first game she watched – with you yeah. was when Tua went down. Yep. And then she's following this and she said, how is this okay? I said, well, it's not really okay, but like people die on the job all the time. I don't know what to tell you. Like, yeah, I still drive and workers get killed on the highway. I, I, I don't know what to tell you. We just make peace with it, but um, it is way easier today than it would have have this conversation. It would have been two days ago because he's clearly, yeah. All, I mean, all signs are pointing to. Well, his hands are moving, his feet are yeah. moving. The doctors believe he's going to live a normal life. Um, you know, I mean that's, um, and and. To be fair to the NFL, the fact that they have put all these provisions in place for medical doctors and everyone else uh, to be there saved his life. Like that, that is a thing that happened. New Orleans Saints just donated $2.1 million to um, every high school in, in uh, New Orleans, in, in Louisiana, to have life-saving apparatus on the field. I mean, uh, available at their games. That is the right thing to do. It, it, it was a tough week. And with that, after the break, we'll be back with the rants here on the Bill Bradley Collective. Trent. 
driving into the crossroads of sports and politics. We are the Bill Bradley Collective. Here are your hosts, Ed, Zach, and Andrew. So we are going to spend much of of this podcast talking about incredibly shitty politicians, Kevin McCarthy, Donald Trump, Matt Gates, Lauren Boebert. But I want to start by saying that people who make the cynical comment that all politicians are the same and that it doesn't matter and they're mistaking their cynicism for for knowledge because it's not true. Um, and I'll try to get through this, but I'm going to talk about my state rep, Quentin Williams, who uh, was killed in a car accident uh, this weekend, um, actually Thursday morning, very early after the governor's ball. And I got to know Q pretty well. Uh, he ran for state office because he wanted to help working people. And he wanted to help his community. And I find in Connecticut that most of the state reps, and Zach, you do this more than I do, I think most of the state reps, that's why they ran. Even if we disagree with them. Yeah. That's why they ran. You're not getting rich. The job pays like seven bucks an hour if you actually figure it out. And because of campaign financing, you're, you can't use campaign donations particularly um, to enrich yourselves. But uh, Q, I met Q uh, when he up first uh, went to AFT asking for their endorsement. I fought against it because he worked for charter schools. He knew I fought against it. We did not endorse him his first time. We endorsed him a second time, and I fought for that too because he had a track record. Um. But I got to know him pretty well, and he was a man of great compassion, great concern for his community, who had interesting ideas about a million things and was willing to work with nearly anybody uh, and willing to stand up to nearly anybody. He he endorsed my best friend in the world, Jen Hockadell, for state senate, even though his DTC had officially opposed her. Um in Middletown and he stood up and she said to him, I'm afraid you're going to get kicked out of the DTC. He said, I don't care. I'm fine. You're the best candidate. And he just did it. Um, and they were supposed to have a meeting Thursday, which for us is yesterday to talk about how teachers unions, cause she's a president of AFT Connecticut and charter schools. Cause he worked for charter school could mend the bridge and, help students and he said to her right before she left the governor's ball before he did he gave her a hug and said um sister we have a lot of work to do and i'm glad to be working with you i think there are a lot of politicians who feel that way um i think there's more than we we normally think about and often they're at lower levels but he was that dude, and um, it's been a rough couple of days. Uh, I miss him. We talked about boxing. When we met, we usually talked about boxing. We were both boxing fans, and um, he was very jealous that I got to see the Leonard Hearns 
fight in in uh, on closed circuit. Not, not Leonard Hearn, Leonard, Leonard um, yeah, Leonard um, Tommy Hearn's fight on closed circuit because he had watched it multiple times, and he invited the Bill Bradley Collective to his house to watch Terrence Crawford, Errol Spence, if it ever happened, because we had strong disagreements about who would win that fight. But um, the next time you say all politicians are shit, they're all the same, you didn't know Clint Williams. Yeah, Q was a uh, really great guy. He was always always brightened up a room. You know, he was a really easy guy to lobby because he was just so personable. You know, you'd forget what you were there to talk to him about because you'd start talking about something else. And, uh, yeah, he was a really he was a really good guy. And, and um, you know, I think not only it's going to be missed, of course, by, like, his friends and his family, but also, uh, you know, the legislature and all the work that he was going to get done this year. We're all family at this table as far as I'm concerned. Um, to see, Zach, your reaction to the news last night when I saw you, Ed, just a few moments ago, um, before the pod and during the pod, to see your reaction, you know, it's 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 the tragedy. Um, I didn't know the gentleman personally, but my, you know, just thoughts are well, with his, his he, colleagues and friends and family. He, sure. he would have loved talking boxing with you. Like, I'm sure. And, and he also, like, he traveled a lot, so he talked about where he traveled. He was very religious. He talked about his faith. He read a lot. He talked about books. Like he was just a great hang, and, and you know, I mean, we forget politicians are. You know, I mean, we're going to be talking about people who don't seem to be real people. Politicians who don't seem to be real people. But like, I don't know. Don't be so cynical. There's some really good people in politics. Yeah, definitely at the state level. I'm going to do my best to follow that up um, with some. I think some some due cynicism for three three targets. Uh, one is Dana White, one is ESPN, and the third is uh, Warner Brothers Discovery, Warner Discovery, whatever that conglomerate's calling itself these days. Um, video surfaced this week of Dana White and his wife um, ringing in the New Year's in, in Mexico at a party, at a bar, nightclub, whatever. There's video of a dispute between the two. The dispute climaxes with Dana White um, striking, his, slapping his wife in the face. Um, Dana White, if, in case you don't know, is the, the 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 guy, basically the the main man in the UFC. He runs the show. It's his operation. Dana White in the UFC have a massive, massive, mutually profitable rights deal with ESPN. It's a great deal for ESPN. It's a great deal for UFC. The coverage that ESPN gave this instance of domestic assault is nothing short of absolutely disgraceful. And pretty much the most visible, the video that's gone viral, pretty much essentially the only coverage they've really given it on their airwaves is Stephen A. Smith, who is probably the most visible, most highly compensated on-air talent at ESPN. It's Stephen A. Smith basically addressing it by saying that Dana Wade is a friend, Dana Wade is a friend, Dana Wade is a good guy who made a mistake, just totally passing the buck, totally no accountability, no nothing. I mean, this is the extent of the coverage that ESPN gave this. Uh, Jeff Wagenheim is a journalist that's employed by ESPN and he covers mixed martial arts. He's a, he's a, he's a veteran in the, in the business. He tweeted a uh, reaction to the Stephen A. Smith video with a quote, we've been told to not write anything incendiary on social media about the Dana White situation. And I understand why and have abided by that. I just ask you all to understand that some of us at ESPN do not have as soft a take as this on domestic violence in reference to Stephen A's dissertation. This is ESPN basically saying 
Dana White and the UFC make us so much motherfucking money that anything that could do damage to that deal, to that to that working relationship, we're not going to touch because because dollars, dollar sign. That's why. It's a disgrace. Dana White is also behind um, a forthcoming TBS series. Uh, what's it? Slap League, I believe it's called. Yeah, you're close. It's something like that. I believe it's, it's whatever. It was set to premiere, I believe. Slap fight something. Slap fight. They're slapping each other. Yeah. It's just, it's men with serious problems that just open face, uh, open hands slap each other. And I guess whoever, I assume the last man standing wins, whatever. It's, uh, I don't understand how this got greenlit at TBS, to be honest with you. Um, think about this here. Now, TBS it was supposed to air next week, debut premiere. TBS issued a thing where like they kind of indefinitely were like okay we're going to step away from it we're not going to do this the next day they reverse course they push back the debut a week they're still going with this this dana white funded this dana white promoted thing where dana men, white's starring i'm sorry he's, sure he's the host be. too yeah he's the gonna host. be the host of the show the right. public the public face of this is dana and, white and from what i've heard wins in the quarterfinals against his wife that's well said. Thank you. Um, the higher-ups, TBS, TBS answers to, like I said, I, I believe it's Warner Discovery at this point. I say shame on ESPN and their parent, the Walt Disney Company. I say shame on TBS and Warner Discovery. Absolute disgrace. I wish I could say I was uh, surprised by this st story, but sorry, not really. Yeah, I mean, this was not on SportsCenter. This was not on the front page of ESPN. Like, even if you go to the UFC part of ESPN, this was not linked up there as a story. I think the only way I found out about it was, like, a Barstool article on Twitter that was linked to it or something. Like, it was TMZ. Just, yeah. yeah, it might have been TMZ. It was some, like, not... It was just like, oh, okay, this happened. And I saw his quote that he said, like, oh, it was unacceptable. But, like, yeah, ESPN, once again, proving that they're awful. Let, let's let's call him out by name. James Pataro yeah. is the president of ESPN. Since he has taken over, they have become not noticeably distinct from, say, Fox News in terms of sports. And, of course, all the real journalists they have are covering the NFL or covering the NBA. Um, like... If Mina Kimes worked there or Rachel Nichols worked there, this story would come up because he would they wouldn't dare fire her. Yeah. But there's nobody who's covering UFC or, or any boxing who is they, – they give a shit about whether they're alive or dead. His name is James Bataro. He's a terrible human being, and um, he has no business running a network – and he does. And this is not like when, when I read this, I could not have been less surprised. Of course, of course he hit his wife, you know, and, and, you know, two days later, Vince McMahon's back with WWE because ultimately the idea that white guys get canceled is the dumbest thing in history. White guys can do anything and survive anything and thrive donald trump and thrive donald and trump's getting votes to be speaker of the house espn has turned over a number of serious mixed martial arts journalists 
for the basically for being critical of UFC. Ariel Helwani is one notable no, no, notable example. Excuse me, who's used his platform, which is pretty vast on social media, to decry white and just be like, none of you should be. This is Dana White. Dana White's a piece of shit. He's been he's he's been doing thuggish, despicable behavior for years and years and years. Um, and again, Helwani was once in the employee of ESPN. I wonder why he's not now. You know, because he called it up. So we're gonna. End our rant on a bit of a lighter topic as <laughs> the death of America. Yes, the as uh, Congress convened what Monday the third, correct? Monday the third, or was it Tuesday the fourth? Tuesday the fourth. Mon- uh, Tuesday the fourth. Oh, it was Tuesday the third. Tuesday the third. Yeah, right, Tuesday, right, Tuesday right. the third. Yeah. It was Wednesday the fourth. Uh, so they convened on Tuesday the third, and uh, the Senate was sworn in, and there was very little drama. Uh, Chuck Schumer will remain the Senate president uh, pro tem. But in the House, uh, we do not have a House of Representatives right now. They are all Congress- as of Friday night, as of as of uh, Friday, what time is it? as of six thirty Friday, January sixth. Uh, we do not have a House of Representatives. It is likely by the time this gets released on Tuesday, we may will still be in the same scenario. Um, because Kevin McCarthy, the minority leader, uh, for the Republican Party over the last couple of years with the Democratic Congress uh, was supposed to become the Speaker of the House and then swear in uh, the rest of Congress on Tuesday. However, uh, about 20 holdouts uh, from the MAGA contingent. Well, I mean, they're all the MAGA contingent. It's yeah, the, Kevin, the, McCar- Kevin McCarthy is the MAGA contingent. Yeah, yeah. There, there is no, it's, there are no Republicans keep, except for maybe Romney, Collins, and Murkowski who are not the MAGA contingent. They're saying it's the Freedom Caucus, so the far, the far right of the Republican Party. Not even because Marjorie Taylor Greene's not part of this. Mm, it's that's just, true. it's just, it's a group of, it's a group of people who have said rather than fuck the government. The normal ways will fuck the government this way. That's all. It's it, yeah. It's a, they're all a distinction without a difference. We have currently had uh, thirteen ballots for Speaker of the House. Uh, Kevin McCarthy is now sitting at two hundred and fourteen votes, four shy of the two eighteen needed. And uh, I gotta say, it is it is pretty fantastic. This is uh, like yeah, Congress should be able to act, but also like. All right, what would this House of Representatives be doing? They'd be doing a national abortion ban. They'd be doing balanced budget amendments. They'd be doing horrible shit. So, like, we can just delay. They'd be investigating Merrick Garland and investigating the Hunter Biden laptop. So if we can just go, like, another couple weeks without them doing anything, that's fine. It's not until, like, October where the debt ceiling needs to be raised. So we got plenty of time. One of my favorite subplots of this week has been and props to the people at Getty Images and the Associated Press and whomever. Some of these photos that they've captured in, in the chamber of like, I, I mean, I see Omar and, and Gates. I've seen uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene was shaking hands with Jesse Jackson, which is just the most bizarre thing. A- I don't know AOC what that was about. AOC and Paul Ghoster. AOC and, and Ghost. Like, what, what were they like talking surreal. about? surreal. And it seemed like a very kind of congenial, cordial her, her conversation. Her dental work. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, um, what a circus, man. What, I, it's crazy. There is part of me that wants to say this is a national disgrace. This is a national embarrassment. There is part of me that is licking this up like it's chocolate sprinkles on chocolate sauce on chocolate ice cream because we have a 
a national party that has no interest whatsoever in governance. None. They don't want to govern. And so now they have turned on each other to not govern. I'm not sure McCarthy, I mean, 13 lost elections is a lot of lost elections. It's re- Imagine, imagine um, going to work and all your colleagues for 13 straight days just chant, you should be fired right. at you. Like, so, just, so he finally, today, for the first time. Flipped them. Flipped some flip, holdouts. Flip, well, he, he got ahead of Hakeem Jeffries. He flipped 11 holdouts. Right. But right. he's done so. By reducing the role of the speaker to something no one would ever want. That he has debased that role to get that role so far that having the job is meaningless. And if you want to know anything about Kevin McCarthy, it's that. That he is willing to take what has been historically a central role in governance reduce it to meaninglessness just so he doesn't have to move his shit out of the office because it would be embarrassing. Um, the Republican Party is is not worthy of, is not worthy of, of any office. And, you know, like, it's so weird to say, like, you know, Matt Gates keeps voting for Trump. And yeah. it's like it's great, and the fact that like <laughs> he hasn't Trump, like Trump hasn't won this is amazing. Trump put out a picture of him in the speaker's seat behind Biden, and uh, that that can't be helping Kevin McCarthy. That's not helping anybody. And let's remember how Kevin McCarthy rose to prominence because Trump only likes the yellow starburst, and so he had his interns pick out yellow starburst which by the way they all taste exactly the same yeah the fucking star um right because it, it's just colored but but you know trump's a child and mccarthy would bring him baggies of yellow starburst every time they met and that's how he moved up the ranks whatever like he is a definition of lick spittle and i, I just I, I like it's horrifying for our country but I couldn't enjoy it more. So we have, they're, they're reconvening January 6th, Friday tonight, 10 p.m. to hold yet another vote or adjourn. Um, I guess is adjourn. They so, barely were able to adjourn last So time. the two questions I have for you guys, just real quick as we finish this up is, uh, one, by the time this episode comes out, do we have a speaker? And two, uh, is it Kevin McCarthy? I'm going to say no. No to both. Um, I think it'll eventually be well, McCarthy. If he's not speaker, he's not well, yeah, speaker. I think it'll eventually land on McCarthy. But, I mean, there's tonight, Monday. To, I, I don't know. They get, it's been, they've called 13 votes. Yeah. I don't know, man. So, <laughs> so the issue is, do the Republicans ever put up another candidate who could win? And... Zach, you've said this to me multiple times. Scalise is the guy. Yeah. Uh, he could win. Uh, he would be a a choice. I think predicting what's going to happen with the Republican Party, I, I mean, my guess would be yes, 
that he's going to give up so much. He's going to give up so much dignity. He's going to give up so much power that the job is so meaningless that no one will want it except for him. But, and then he'll get it. And then he'll be just the weakest speaker in the history of the world. But like, but maybe not because there are at least four people who will never vote for him. I, I know we're going long here, but you mentioned that uh, Gates keeps voting for Trump, but Trump like endorsed McC- uh, McCarthy. He said, yeah. "Get it done." Like, what? What is Matt Gates is like? What is this fucking because, guy's well, deal? Jesus. Well, obviously, obviously, I know that he's you know, well, his, he's Matt Gates. That's his problem. Right. His deal but, is <laughs> that maybe Ivanka will have a daughter in the next three years that he could score with oh. in the next six years. Oh dear. So that's like that's uh, that's that's his deal. And uh, we'll be back in the main topic on the anniversary two years ago today, January 6th, uh, where we saw an actual insurrection uh, try to take place. And we'll be back with that on the Bill Bradley Collective. Do you enjoy Pokemon Go but wish you could also keep up with the times? Try Politic Go, the game where you can find and catch rich people and evolve them into senators and congresspeople. Paul Ryan, I choose you. Use white privilege. It's super effective. You can even catch actually decent human beings and try to change the world. My Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is evolving into a Bernie Sanders. You can even battle against your friends' politicians. Einstein, use loaded question. (laughs) Betsy DeVos uses dumb. Vouchers. It's super effective. Jeff Sessions, use memory loss. I do not recall. Politic go, because the world is a fucking joke. So welcome back. So during the commercial, Zach just read a report that um, a six-year-old opened fire on a teacher in Virginia. In a Virginia classroom. In a Virginia classroom. And uh, my immediate response is that we should, as a country, go back to England and just move in with them. Like, you know, when your kids leave and find out they can't survive on their own and just move back to your house. Um, and, uh, here's, uh, advice to all parents of teenagers who listen to us. The second your child moves out, take the bed out of the room and turn it into an office so they can't move back. But we should probably just move back with England because we had a pretty good 250 year run. Yeah, we had a good so, run. I mean, was it? Well, it <laughs> I mean, there, there were some ups. There were some highs. It, it wasn't great, you know, but at least England illegalized I mean, slave for, trading. We won some gold medals. For white people, right. it was pretty great. England illegalized slave trading before we did. Yeah. I mean, they winked at it, but still. But this becomes important because today for us is January 6th. Two years ago today, Zach and I were on a conference call. Uh, and it's called, a, it's called a Zoom call. A Zoom call, right? It was a Zoom meeting, right? It's, it was a Zoom meeting, <laughs> right? It was a Zoom meeting, and none of us could stop watching the feed from the insurrection. And so I finally said to the guy running it, like, nobody cares. There is nothing any of us are going to say that any of us will remember. That's as important as what's going on right now in our country. So we should just get off the call and watch it. And one year and 11 months, 11 and a half months later, the uh, report comes out from the Congress. Um, 
I'll start with you, Andrew. Did you look at any of the report, and what did you think of <clears throat> the results? Trump fucked up, man. There was that. Trump done <laughs> fucked That was my biggest takeaway. Um, you get these... How do, how do they not think that the, this stuff's not going to come out eventually? Whether there's any consequence or not. The, the, the texts, the... The, just the absolute brazenness. A lot of it is like it's a 78-year-old man with technology. Right. Also. You know, he remembers the stenograph. Right. He's also a billionaire who has never one time in his life faced the implications of his own actions. And by the way, he still hasn't. Still hasn't faced the implications of his own actions. That he wanders around. He is a presumptive Republican nominee. I don't think we'll get it, but he's a presumptive Republican nominee for president. And he's not faced the implications of non actions because billionaires don't. They move they move their yachts to international waters and they have monkey knife fights. That's what they do. And he doesn't even have to do that. He just sits in Mar a Lago. The almost bigger takeaway I had was what what took so long? And I get that there's a time to gather everything into but the fact that it took what was it like eighteen months when we actually like, had it's like twenty one months twenty one months yeah I were mean, you is... were you impressed by the report I mean oh surprise Donald Donald Trump fomented an insurrection and you know the one thing I was surprised about was that uh Bob Barr you know not as evil as I thought he was Bill Barr Bill Barr Bill Barr it, yeah it's oh it, no no Bill Barr is every bit as evil. He just knows when luck ran out. Yeah, like, like he, he was at, he at he least folded like a losing hand. He at yeah. least acknowledged right. he was right. like, "This is over." Yeah, right. I have a two seven, and my guess is they have four aces, and so I'm not going to keep pushing in chips. Right, drawing yeah. dead. Yeah. So, in it, who the the chief of staff for Mulvaney, um, the the woman, the young woman. Yep. I thought she was the best witness they had because she was the one that was like, no, they were literally calling Mick Mulvaney and asking for pardons and they were doing this and they were texting about this. And like, she kind of, you know, exposed how intimately involved Congress was, which is why I never really got excited about this because Congress isn't going to investigate itself. You know, like they, they were never going to say like, Hey, Mo Brooks, you were giving tours to Proud Boys the day before this happened. And you wore a bulletproof vest. Yeah. But they were never going to hold, they were never going to talk, interview him and ask him those questions. We were never going to get those answers. They're like the NFL owners. Like, it's like you're in the boys club. Yeah. You'll stay in the boys club. I mean, uh, I like, it didn't make me like Adam Kinzinger anymore. It made me, I don't know. I, it made me like it made me respect Liz Cheney in a way that I never did. I I mean Liz Liz Cheney and I never thought I would and yeah. Kinzinger yeah. to some extent. He's such a little wiener. He's I don't know. I mean he, he like you look at him. You're just like look at that fucking nerd. Yeah, but he yeah, but he still to his credit put country above self. He Liz did. Cheney to her credit put country above self. Now. I don't agree with them about anything. Nope. I would not want to have a beer with either of them. Um, I, I think the bar is so low for Republicans. The fact that they clear it says more about the bar than them. However, 
did well did you watch any of the hearings very i watched a lot of clips i didn't watch very yeah. little of it yeah I, I i i was always working yeah and i i respect that they try to put it on at 8 p.m but like well, i i, I do a lot of negotiations at night so yeah. i just don't but like i respect that they try to put it on in prime time yeah. like this is a big event but it's you know i you know i don't know well, I, mean, I, don't know I wouldn't do well against you know Monday night football i mean or liz, liz, liz cheney wrote in her introduction Donald Trump's own campaign officials told him early on that his claims of fraud were false. Donald Trump's senior Justice Department officials, each appointed by Donald Trump himself, investigated the allegations and told him repeatedly the fraud claims were false. Donald Trump's White House lawyers also told him that the fraud claims were false. From the beginning, Donald Trump's fraud allegations were concocted nonsense designed to prey upon the patriotism of millions of men and women who love our country. That is, from a Republican, a tough statement. And I did not think the Wyoming Democrats should run Liz Cheney. I do not want her anywhere near the levers of power. But in today's Republican Party, that's heroic. Like, I mean, I mean, that's just what it is. It, it's also just like, it It always felt like one of those reports where it was going to be like, okay, so Donald Trump, who just commits his crimes out in the open, like, he just says it. He just does everything he does out in the open, and we don't really know how to handle that. So we just go like, okay, but what's he secretly doing? And it's like, no, the he told you what he's doing. He's committing crimes. But they, Like, at this rally before January, before the insurrection, he said... Let's go to Congress and stop this. Right. Like he said that from a podium, and everyone's like, "Well, why did they do this?" I'm like, "Well, he he told them to." But that's why he did this. But what the committee did, what the committee did get was that Trump had a million reasons to know this is bullshit. That because what happened was all the inner people who were working in the White House, and by the way, you're still working for Trump on. January 4th or January 5th, like, what? I don't know what's wrong with you, but that the committee did get a lot of people to say, yeah, we told him this is all nonsense. Yeah. Like, he just didn't care. Well, like, he, kept, he kept going until he got Sidney Powell and Lynn Wood as his lawyers. And you Rudy know, Giuliani. Rudy, yeah, like, he went, you know, he wasn't getting... You know, what was it, David Baker. Like, yeah, he was getting the best of the best, man. The best, the he best went, people. Yeah, when, like, when, he went, Bill, he, when Bill Barr says, "Yeah, I'm not going there," it's yeah. like, whoa. Linwood like post John Eight Chan, and that was the guy defending the president of the United States. And the other thing that the committee report I think did show is we were very lucky that the violence. There was every reason to believe the violence could be much worse. It was also and, significantly more violent than what we saw. Right. But, like, I think all the time, okay, Pence, yes, that was a, I, I don't, you know, Pence was, was obviously saved, luckily. AOC, Nancy Pelosi, they were there. That these are women who especially AOC, that the violence against her would have been extraordinary. And, like, 
again, you know, what we talked about earlier, like this is a woman that just ran for office because she believes in her vision of America. Like yeah. I, there's nothing like there's like, she's not growing rich in this job. And to bring back where you started, uh, Katie Porter, who AOC hid in her office uh, on January 6th, Katie Porter told the story of AOC going around in her office and checking in closets and cabinets because as a millennial, she grew up with active shooter drills and she knew that you had to hide because or else you get shot. So she was putting in the training we instill in young boys and girls across this country that deal with the mass shooter. Unfucking believable. That they can then one day Nancy Pelosi staff did the same thing. That they knew to go they knew to block the door with furniture. They knew to like do all these things that we teach children in school. Horrified. You know, there's still a lot to know. More than thirty witnesses invoked their Fifth Amendment privileges against self incrimination. Um on this obviously we're never gonna learn another thing because the House, assuming that there ever is a Speaker of the House, will not continue to investigate this because the investigation will wash up on Kevin McCarthy, who, among other things, was screaming at Trump on the 6th and by the 9th was taking pictures with him again because that's who fucking Kevin McCarthy is. Um, and you're not going to see any investigation of this. Like Josh Hawley's not going to have to like, there's just no, there will be no interest in looking into, you know, as somebody said, like if Matt Gates and Lauren Boebert worked at a bank, they would have been fired and arrested for trying to steal from the bank as an employee. But here it's just viewed as okay. And um and like I just I we we can't get too far away from how high the stakes were that day. But like the the most incredulous thing to me is the fact that say what you want about the report, but like details in the report are objectively horrifying and terrifying. But it's more horrif it's 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 even worse that like I what's going to come of it? Like you know. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing's coming Nothing. out of this. You know what's going to come? I don't of know. It? They're going to investigate. <laughs> the House is going to investigate Merrick Garland and the DOJ. That's what's going to come. Blows up. my mind. Some of the stuff that has come out and how. Uh, but like, yeah, there's going to be. There are no criminal charges that are going to be filed. You know, yeah, the committee recommended for article for criminal charges well, against Donald Trump. But you know what? They're never going to charge a former president with anything. Well, there are criminal charges pending against Trump. Well, from the state attorneys of New York. Right, and also from the stealing of, of the documents. Classified documents, Right, yeah. and like, I do not believe that Donald Trump will be the Republican candidate. Do you do you think that Donald Trump will be the Republican candidate for uh, president in 2024? I don't think DeSantis runs because he doesn't want to go against Trump. So I think it's going to be Trump. I think the Republicans are so sycophantic, they'll just pave the way for him. The fact that we're even having this conversation is is pretty damning pretty fucking damning i mean just the fact that he is still one one a or one b in that race uh, <laughs> yeah what are we doing definitely what is going def on yeah it, it, him being the nominee Jesus. is minus odds. we need to move back to england <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh 
I don't. I, I, to answer your question, I don't. I don't think he's going to be the nominee. But the fact that he is a player at this in this in 2023 here is yeah. It's, it's, I I, I do not believe he'll be the nominee. Okay. I, I think that. I think. I don't believe it, but I didn't believe it the first time either. And, you know, I, and I, I think it's it's more likely he runs as a third-party candidate and wins a b- whole bunch of southern states. And Oh, that'd be great. That'd be great. Is there anybody he'd ever back? There's nobody he'd ever, like, fall back for, right? Take a back uh, seat and, and get behind? No. I mean, we, we're, no. Still too, we're still no. a year out from really getting into this, but, like, right. that person doesn't exist today, do they? No. I don't think so. No, I, I, it's it's not DeSantis. It's not Kemp. It's not Abbott. It's it's not. I don't know who are the other candidates for it's Rubo- not Cruz or Rubio or no. It's not Cruz. It won't be Rubio. It won't be Bush. Like it, South it, Carolina, there. Tim. Uh, oh, Tom Scott. No, Tim the, Scott. Oh, Tim, Tim Scott. Scott. Tim, Tim Scott. Scott. No, it won't be Tim Scott. Uh, the idea that the Republican Party is currently constituted. We'll have a black presidential nominee. Does not strike me as likely. Um, like, it's, like they like to run, they like to run inoffensive black people. Like the guy that's running for uh, the guy that's that keeps being nominated for the uh, house, Byron Donalds. Byron Donalds, black man. But I they've, mean, they've really liked to have their black members seen this week. If you look in the house, they like to have those. I think it's four of them, four. Uh, Black yeah. members of the maybe Herschel GOP. Yeah, maybe Herschel Walker yeah. will run. Um, <laughs> we also recognize in this that the ju- the Justice Department nearly came to a part at the seams over this. That you know that that the political people and the justice people were not on the same page whatsoever. No, the Justice Department was like, this is clearly a false narrative. This is dangerous. We shouldn't be doing this. Like, none of this is true. You're insane. And the political people just kept saying, no, it's true. No, it's it's true. Find us the evidence. Right? Isn't that, that's from the reports. Like, they kept saying, like, find us the evidence. Yes, find us the evidence. Like, we have theories. Now we need the evidence. Correct. In the way that the police investigate every Netflix series on a wrongfully accused person. Like, we're... We don't have any fucking idea, but we think this is what happened. So just we'll just make up whatever ever happens. It. I did. I, I. I read through. I mean, I have not read the entire report. It's eight hundred seventy-five pages. I read through the initial arguments. I read through. Um, I probably read sixty pages of it. I was kind of impressed. I thought it was a thoughtful, thorough document done by thoughtful people who were interested in finding the truth. And, you know, obviously McCarthy completely screwed up by having no Republicans there. But, like, I don't know what you're supposed to say. Like, what are you going to say in the face of all this evidence? I mean, maybe he did do the right thing. Like, what are you supposed to say? Oh, all this evidence is wrong? Like, no, it's not wrong. You've got witnesses saying this happened. You've got... The vast majority of witnesses interviewed were Republicans. They were Trump people. Yeah, under oath. Who yeah. who recognized, I'm getting out of here. Like, this is, this is the thing that will cost me my career. Like, the fact that I supported Trump 
until January 5th is fine. It shouldn't be, but it's fine. But January 6th is a step too far. And the other thing that's damning is when you recognize Trump didn't give a shit about any of it. He could care less. Like like people said, he was surprised but not upset about the level of violence that he was seeing. It's an impressive <clears throat> level of just total derangement and detachment from the reality that the rest of us like live in. It's it's almost it's almost like impressive just how um he's just he's going to live golf tournaments. He's you know he's playing golf five days a week. He's what, what's what's he tweet, what is he doing on social media? What's the name the of his truth, outfit? True social. Truth social. Just having a ball. Still like the most powerful man in the party. Um, it's not even close. It's not. Like, most influential. I, I don't know. I, the I most think, influential person. In the I, think party De- today? I think DeSantis is. No, I think DeSantis will get DeSantis it. Isn't, DeSantis isn't calling congressional Republicans and swinging anybody. I'm not a hundred percent sure that that's true anymore of Trump. I mean, Man, I mean, he, Trump. He swung, back, Macar- he swung at least eleven to McCarthy. They cited him. No, as, well, they cited him, but like McCarthy gave him everything they yeah. wanted. Like, I don't think like Trump backed McCarthy and nothing changed because Trump ultimately had the, I mean, Trump had the ultimate sin. His candidates didn't win. Yeah. Like he backed a whole bunch of losing candidates. He backed Walker. He backed like the only one he had that won was JD Vance. Yeah. And that's in fucking Ohio against Tim Ryan. Like that's the one he, he backed. He didn't even back Ron Johnson. But in like a one v one, I just don't think yet, and it could happen. I don't. I don't think DeSantis has the same level nationally of like sycophantic fealty um, that like the rank and file Republican voter in this country right now has to like Trump. I just think Trump still has that. Um, yeah, I mean, there are still people in this. I haven't country, seen any DeSantis bumper stickers yet. There's, you know, I haven't seen. Yet, are, I mean, yet, there there you know. are there are people in this country, and it's not a significant minority, but it is. It, it, they exist. I believe Donald Trump is still the president of the United States. Yeah. You know, two years in. So, like, that level of, you know, almost theological, this, you know, devotion to is not going to Ron DeSantis. It's not going to any other Republican. It's only yeah. Trump. I'm, I mean, DeSantis is clearly, like, incredibly popular in, like, in Florida. Like, incredibly so. But, yeah, we'll see, what, we'll see what happens. And with that, we will say goodnight. From the Bill Bradley Collective. As always, we thank you for joining us here. And if you like today's episode, smash that subscribe button. Leave us a review. Let's help grow the collective brand. We'll see you all next week on the Bill Bradley Collective.